Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In the previous episode, I began the mysterious story of Phoenix Colden, a 23-year-old woman who vanished in December 2011 from her family's home in Spanish Lake, Missouri. We learned that Phoenix was reported missing after she abruptly left her family's home one Sunday afternoon around 3.05 p.m. We also learned that her car was found abandoned two weeks later on the side of the road in East St. Louis, Illinois, one of the most dangerous cities in America. Along with this, we discovered that Phoenix Colden held a few secrets in her life, secrets that may point to what happened to her. For instance, police found out that Phoenix had two phones, one of which was secret and hidden from her parents. In addition, Phoenix supposedly juggled two relationships with two men, both named Michael. Amongst these secrets, Phoenix's close friend Akira claimed that Phoenix was paranoid prior to her disappearance and was frustrated with her relationship with her parents and her life as a whole. In this episode, we will discuss possible theories for Phoenix's disappearance, as well as possible sightings of Phoenix, and more secrets are discovered, ones that lead to a possible theory that Phoenix is alive, and possibly living somewhere in the United States. I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library. Let's continue the story of the mysterious disappearance of Phoenix Colden. In the previous episode, cell phone Mike's ex-girlfriend told investigators that she remembered him being strangely interested in Phoenix's missing persons case. She also said that cell phone Mike once told her, Why are you worried about someone that is dead? This is an odd thing to say when Phoenix was never presumed dead. That is, unless he knows information no one else knows. But investigators don't jump to conclusions right away. They suggest that maybe cell phone Mike just assumed she was dead because she had been missing for a while, and that maybe he didn't actually know for a fact that Phoenix was dead. Although this statement from cell phone Mike was cryptic, it wasn't enough to arrest cell phone Mike for any involvement in Phoenix's disappearance. And honestly, from my research, it seems that this is as far as police get with the cell phone Mike lead. Before Phoenix vanished, Goldie remembers the nature of her and Phoenix's relationship as growing distant. 
According to Goldia, for much of Phoenix's life, Goldia and Phoenix would always sit together at church. But before she disappeared, Goldia noticed that Phoenix was slowly moving further and further away, putting physical and emotional space between them. For this reason, Goldia strongly believes that Phoenix was negatively influenced by someone in her life, and that's why she was creating distance in their relationship. Goldia taught Phoenix to choose her friends carefully and wisely. She told her daughter that it was best to pick her friends, quote, at her level or above, but be nice to everyone, but don't let everyone into your inner circle, end quote. Goldia's philosophy was that Phoenix should bring her friends around her mom and dad and let them give her hints about whether they should be her friends or not. According to Goldia, quote, Phoenix was reaching out to people who looked like her, whose skin color was the same as hers, rather than looking into a person's heart and looking into their motives. And I believe that is what got my baby in trouble, end quote. Was it possible that Phoenix was hanging out with a crowd that could have potentially put her in danger? Was she forming connections with people who weren't as sheltered as her and maybe influenced her decision-making? I don't know. But we have to remember that Phoenix was 23 when she disappeared. She had experience living away from her parents. She also had experienced interactions with different types of people in college. And she even had two relationships, according to her best friend. So she wasn't entirely sheltered. Although it is capable for anyone to be manipulated or tricked at any age, it's not like Phoenix had zero experiences outside of her own home, and clearly she was capable of making her own decisions outside of her parents' discretion. If we decide to go with Goldia's theory, that Phoenix was manipulated or influenced, we have to take a look at the two theories that most likely could have been the reason behind Phoenix's disappearance. These theories both contain elements of manipulation and coercion that investigators believe could have been viable means of making Phoenix disappear. A popular theory for Phoenix's vanishing is that she was possibly human trafficked. And for some, this seems like a real possibility. For one, there is a major issue with sex trafficking in the U.S., and more closely, there is an issue with sex trafficking in St. Louis. If you recall, the location where Phoenix's car was found abandoned was near Interstate 70 the sex trafficking superhighway of America. Not to mention, sex trafficking was a $32 billion industry in America in 2012, around the time Phoenix disappeared, and it is only growing with each year. According to the National Human Trafficking Hotline, in 2019, there were 11,500 human trafficking cases reported. I must emphasize that those are just the ones reported. Out of those 11,500 cases, 8,248 cases were regarding sex trafficking, and of those 11,500 cases, 9,357 of those victims were female, that's minor and adult. And of course, we may never know the real numbers, given that so many victims are either afraid to call for help because they are threatened in some way, or just the pure shame that society places on victims of sex trafficking, which often keeps victims from coming forward or seeking help. Some people may believe that there was no way that Phoenix would have ended up in sex trafficking because she was too smart or she had a good upbringing. These are some common misconceptions about sex trafficking. It doesn't just happen to poor people or uneducated people. It doesn't just happen to people outside of the U.S. or people who don't know any better. In fact, investigators believe that Phoenix may have been the target for sex trafficking because of her tumultuous and distant relationship with her parents. To them, this seemed like the opportunity that sex traffickers used to get their victims. 
Was it possible that Phoenix was tricked into sex trafficking? That she was promised an understanding ear, a better life that quote-unquote offered her more freedom? One of the many facts that is disheartening about this theory is that the life expectancy of those who are sex trafficked is seven years. If we are going with the theory that Phoenix was sex trafficked, and we know she disappeared in 2011, the possibility of Phoenix being found alive seems to become smaller, but not impossible. Another theory that police consider when investigating Phoenix's disappearance is that Phoenix could have run away from home that day. Maybe Phoenix wanted to move and escape her life. However, Phoenix's mother, Goldia, doesn't believe that her daughter ran away, despite the police initially proposing the possibility to her. She felt that the police were jumping to conclusions without any justified reasons for why they thought Phoenix ran away. According to Goldia, how could they conclude that she ran away without knowing Phoenix or their family life? In 2017, over 100,000 women of color were reported missing, and most of these cases were overlooked by the media. And often law enforcement is quicker to say that a woman or a girl of color ran away over a white woman or girl who has gone missing. If she did run away, legally cops would have to verify it is her and that she's safe. Then it would be up to her to notify her parents about her whereabouts if she chose to. What's interesting about this theory is that when investigators speak to one of Phoenix's former friends, the friend reveals telling information. According to her friend, Leslie Shipman, who was Phoenix's friend from college, when they first met, Phoenix was this church-going girl who was in the bell choir and smart and basically well-mannered. But by 2011, Phoenix completely changed with her secret relationships and even ran away from home in 2009. Leslie revealed that she never knew where Phoenix ran away to in 2009, but she does know that for a number of months, Phoenix and Goldia did not speak, and her mother was extremely worried for her daughter's well-being during that time. When Goldia was asked about this, Goldia said that this was a lie, and that there was never a time when Phoenix and her had a severe falling out that would result in Phoenix leaving. However, a private investigator reveals another secret that may directly conflict with Goldia's statement that Phoenix and she never had a falling out that would make Phoenix want to leave. Private investigator Steve Foster, who had been working on the case since 2012, believes that Phoenix voluntarily left in 2011. He says that before she disappeared, Phoenix and her parents were having heated arguments and their relationship was strained. And when looking further into her case, the PI and Phoenix's parents discovered that Phoenix was taking money from the family safe. According to the Coldens, before Phoenix moved back home, Phoenix took her own savings bonds and cashed them. She took about $2,500, and the PI thinks she could have been taking money to save up so she could run away. The main reason why Steve Foster believes this is because of what Phoenix found in that family safe. While looking for these savings bonds, she ran across two birth certificates for herself. One was in the name Phoenix Colden, and the other was in the name Phoenix Reeves. Reeves is Goldie's maiden name. This means that Phoenix probably discovered that her father, Lawrence, was not her biological father, like she was led to believe. That her mother had kept a major secret from her own daughter about her identity. This shocking information leads investigators to believe that this discovery could have upset Phoenix so much that she wanted to run away from her life. However, investigators don't know if Phoenix ever assumed a new name under Phoenix Reeves. 
Over the years, there has been no correspondence or personal information updates with the government, like a renewed license or change of address, anything like that. The Coltons firmly believe that she didn't run away because she took no clothes with her or any other personal items. But if she was scared to confront her parents about leaving, maybe she couldn't take her clothes or personal items because they would have caught on and tried to stop her. It is important to note that if Phoenix left with that birth certificate, it provides her with a great opportunity to start a new identity. With this birth certificate, all she would need to do is get a social security number, then an ID, and then suddenly she has a whole new identity in life. However, $2,500 won't take people very far as runaways, not to mention her case has gotten more publicity over the years, making it pretty difficult to hide for long. Investigators look into this theory that Phoenix ran away under the name Phoenix Reeves with the help of an existing birth certificate that she found under the aforementioned name. And what they first find seems compelling. The name Phoenix Reeves was run through SkipTrace. This is the process of locating a person's whereabouts. And this can be done through research, but also by reviewing phone number databases or credit reports and things like that. What they find out is that there are only four Phoenix Reeves in the United States. Three could be immediately discounted because one was deceased and the other two had relatives in a long history while one was suspicious and worth looking further into. This one Phoenix Reeves had no identifiers, no date of birth associated with it, no relatives, no social security numbers. All it had was an address. The date range of the address was for between January 2012, this is two weeks after her disappearance, through June 2012. What's even crazier is that before January 2012, this Phoenix Reeves never existed. When investigators look further into this, they realize that after June 2012, the record of Phoenix Reeves just disappeared, and the address changed to Anchorage, Alaska. So, investigators headed to Anchorage, Alaska to pursue this new lead. This was exciting news for investigators because it seemed like they were really onto something. Everything was lining up from the second birth certificate to the suspicious Phoenix Reeves identity to the timeline of events. If she did run away to Alaska, no one would probably know about the missing girl named Phoenix Colden from Missouri. However, this theory only led to a dead end. There was no sign of Phoenix Colden in Anchorage, Alaska, and Phoenix Reeves was in no way Phoenix Colden, but was a completely different person who lived in Anchorage since 2002. Although investigators did not find what they hoped, they don't discount this theory entirely. Another theory that police consider is that Phoenix was kidnapped. However, police struggle with this theory because there were no signs of struggle in her abandoned car. Nothing was out of place and there was no blood in the car either. To police, it almost appeared as if the car ran out of gas and it was abandoned. So to them, this means there's a low probability that she was snatched. It is also possible that the reason Phoenix disappeared was because she was lured away. Investigators consider this theory to be the most probable, given Phoenix's mental state prior to disappearing. According to investigators, Phoenix appeared to be mentally unraveling in the months leading to her vanishing, and this could make it easier to be lured away, because she was in a vulnerable state. Someone could have convinced her to leave with them with promises of a better and or freer life. A question that some pose is, why would she stay away for so long? And many answer, well, someone could be keeping her from reaching out to her family or leaving, whether that is with mental and emotional manipulation or even physically. A theory that has been floating out there is that Phoenix was murdered. 
However, from my research, this theory is least talked about, but this doesn't mean that police aren't considering it. Some facts that could lend credence to this theory is that Phoenix virtually disappeared without a trace. No more cell phone activity, no more social media activity, or any activity in her bank accounts. In addition, it is important to consider that if she was murdered, her body has yet to be found, which means that her body is really well hidden or disposed of, or she may still be out there somewhere. Not to mention, there's another factor that could disrupt this theory. The fact that in March 2014, a church friend of Phoenix reported a sighting of her on a plane. Phoenix's old church friend Kelly told investigators that she thought she saw Phoenix boarding a plane in March of 2014. Kelly was seated on a flight when people were still boarding, and she claimed that she looked up and saw Phoenix with a group of women. Kelly called her name, and the Phoenix lookalike turned around and looked at her. The lookalike then said, Oh, do I look like someone? And Kelly said, Yeah, you look like my friend Phoenix. The Phoenix lookalike kept going and didn't engage or say anything else to Kelly. Kelly says that the woman was wearing a leather jacket with jewelry. She also claims that this Phoenix lookalike was with three or four other women who looked a lot like her, very attractive, young black females who were dressed well. Kelly also mentioned something else that was interesting. According to her memory, two well-dressed men were also accompanying these women who were boarding the plane. She claims they look like pro football players between the ages of 35 and 40. When the plane landed, Kelly reported the sighting at the airport, and they searched the airport but couldn't find the Phoenix lookalike or her other traveling companions. Kelly maintains that she is 90% sure it was Phoenix she saw that day. When investigators learn about this sighting, they're curious about the details Kelly shares. One, they find it interesting that the Phoenix lookalike was traveling with other women who were similar in appearance, age, and style. Two, they also found it interesting that these women were traveling with older men, who also appeared well-dressed and presumably well-off financially, given that they looked like pro football players. And three, the Phoenix lookalike kept her interaction with Kelly short. Because of this information, investigators begin to wonder, could Phoenix have been traveling with pimps? A pimp could play off Phoenix's situation because her parents were controlling. It begins with slow grooming and then finally a quick grab. A pimp could have promised her freedom and the life she always wanted. After all, being isolated and sheltered can lead people to believe the lies that they are being told by someone with bad intentions. The investigators consider this a real theory for how Phoenix disappeared. They know that pimps could take you off the street and leave you broke, cutting ties so you can't find your way home. They also know that the quickest way to recruit is to offer a better situation, to get the target out of their current situation. Also, a pimp could recruit through becoming the target's boyfriend. Then the mind games will begin. They will eventually claim the target will be broke, then persuade her into having sex with another man who will pay them until it becomes a perpetual thing. The truth is, it takes one shameful act that pimps can hold against the victim to keep them from running away or finding a way out. They could threaten to show a family member an embarrassing photo or video to keep them. This is used to shame them and gain leverage. Investigators believe that the alleged sighting of Phoenix as well as their circumstances at home could point to the theory that Phoenix was tricked into prostitution. However, there is a more probable theory that investigators further examine, and that is that Phoenix Colden staged her own disappearance. Investigators seriously consider the idea 
that Phoenix staged her own disappearance. This is different from the theory of her running away, however. The theory of Phoenix running away is rooted in the idea that she just up and left without much forethought. It also considers the idea that Phoenix was capable of running away on her own. In contrast, the theory that Phoenix staged her own disappearance is planted in the notion that she had help and she planned her departure well before that December day in 2011. Although Phoenix was very smart, investigators are sure that she would have definitely needed help to pull off staging her own disappearance. They think this is because her disappearance is too neat. For example, if she abandoned her car on that street near the highway, how did she get away with no one seeing? If she walked away, someone had to have seen her. If she took a taxi or some other service, someone had have to have seen her. Unless she abandoned the car and someone met her there to pick her up immediately. Some people take issue with this theory, suggesting, why not just move out? She was 23 after all. If she wasn't satisfied with her life, she could have left her family's home, but she didn't have to completely disappear. And I've considered this question myself. But I also consider, perhaps her parents' controlling behavior made her feel like this was the only way out. Her parents say that Phoenix walked out of the house that day like she never has before, with conviction. Maybe she walked with conviction because she knew she was about to leave everything she had ever known behind. Another fact that supports this theory is that Phoenix apparently had two sides to her, one of which her parents didn't fully know. If she was capable of keeping secrets, how do we know she wasn't capable of keeping her plans to disappear secret too? Her parents were asked if they knew these two sides to Phoenix, and Goldia said, It's always been there. I'm her mother. From this statement, it seems she was trying to convey that a mother knows her own daughter better than anyone else could. She also states, quote, Now do you think I'm really going to tell you everything that I saw in my daughter? No. She was no Miss Goody Two-Shoes. I've never painted my child as a Goody Two-Shoes. She's human, end quote. In the documentary titled The Disappearance of Phoenix Colden, Goldia often comes across, especially in these moments, as defensive, and understandably so. But it seems like she doesn't want to talk about Phoenix's duplicitous behavior because it may not look good, may not reflect well on her or her parenting style. At this moment, this theory seems to be the strongest one that investigators have. However, investigators believe that even if she left on her own, it doesn't mean that she is safe now or even that she's still alive. Nonetheless, Goldia believes that Phoenix was lured away and tricked by someone with bad intentions. It could still be out there alive wanting to return home. During the investigation into Phoenix's disappearance, investigators discovered a selfie video of Phoenix taken on November 15, 2011, one month before she disappeared. In the video, Phoenix is talking to the camera and saying that she wants to start over, and she needs to, quote, see things for what they are, end quote. She also recites the serenity prayer, which is often associated with addiction. This is the most common part of the serenity prayer, which Phoenix references. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the video, she says, quote, I probably would have been in a better situation if I would have stuck with how I used to be, end quote. This statement is so cryptic. Did she do something she regretted? Later in the video, Phoenix also says to the camera, quote, might as well ride in the back with the cops all up in here, end quote. Did she get into a dangerous situation or a bad crowd? 
Overall, the tone of this video is melancholy and even depressing. She has facial expressions that express regret and worry, and at times she holds her face in her hands and sighs a lot while looking at the camera. This selfie video is so mysterious and even eerie. Just a month prior to her disappearance, it seemed like Phoenix was battling inner turmoil and possibly regretting some of the choices she made. But it's also so cryptic that it's like solving a riddle. What does this selfie video mean? And could it someday help reveal what happened to Phoenix? There is so much about this case that is mysterious and bewildering. From the way she left her home on December 18th, 2011, to the secrets that she held, and to the many theories that attempt to explain her disappearance. To me, it is clear that although Phoenix appeared to have a good, privileged life, she was also sheltered, maybe a little confused, and possibly lost. I think Phoenix may have been trying to figure out who she was and what she wanted. And unfortunately, that may have led her down some dark paths, whether that was voluntarily or involuntarily. I think it is clear that Goldia and Lawrence only wanted the best for their daughter. They only wanted to keep her safe. And Goldia and Lawrence will never give up on finding their daughter. Since Phoenix has disappeared, the piano sits there unplayed in the Colden home. Goldia doesn't allow anyone to play it. She deeply feels that her daughter is still alive. Years later, after Phoenix disappeared, Goldia and Lawrence moved from their quiet neighborhood in Spanish Lake, perhaps because the memories of Phoenix or the scrutiny from the outside world became too much. On the day she disappeared, Goldia believes that Phoenix was returning to who she used to be. According to Goldia, Phoenix told her that she wanted them to get back to the way things were. Goldia says that Phoenix was her life, and she gave her life meaning. She insists she will never stop trying to find out the truth about what happened to her daughter. If you have any information about the disappearance or whereabouts of Phoenix Colden, please contact the St. Louis County tip line at 866-371-8477. If you want to interact with the podcast on social media or share with me some of your own theories about the cases, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at the LCL Pod. Don't forget to share the podcast so we can get more attention for these very important cases. And don't forget to follow the Lost Crimes Library so you won't miss any new episodes. Thank you for supporting the show. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 